Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith and I was attending Mass, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. But, uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck wrote in my faith. I did not want to become Catholic. I came into the church kicking and screaming. I even left for a period because I was like, I, I can't. All my plans that I had are gone now. So I tried to go back only, and that's only to come back later on because of the, ultimately because of the Eucharist. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit. And you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you on your own could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. 
and it's a pleasure to be here with you this evening. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us, uh, no matter how you're listening to us, whether that's on uh, YouTube or on uh, Podbean. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of our ministry. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. Uh, welcome, Ann, and thanks for being here as always. Oh, thank you, Bill. Great to be here, especially on this particular evening as we have a fabulous guest, I will say. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, who is our guest, Anne? <laughs> well, being a proud mother, I couldn't be more happy on this evening that my our guest today is my own daughter, Sean DeSantis, my 21-year-old daughter who has so much to share. She is a college student, a former homeschooling student as well, and she is the owner of her own business called Your Part-Time Princess. So, uh, Sean, we want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us on Sewing Hope. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so special, especially having my mom here. I was thinking earlier, most times when you go on interviews or, or do things like this, um, the people you're talking to don't know what you're going to say, but I can guarantee you that everything I'm about to say, every answer I'm going to give, my mom already knows. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing to be nervous about here, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because, um, you know, it's a blessing to me because, you know, we know that not all family relationships are perfect, but Sean and I truly are uh, very close and I'm so blessed that she's this guest on this, in this evening. She has so much to share and it, it's just truly the greatest blessing. So again, Sean, I thank you so much for joining us on this evening. My pleasure. Yeah. So usually on this show, one of the things that we talk about, you know, especially at the beginning is basically life and then going into faith and then mission. So, you know, you have so much to share about your own story. And I thought you could just take us on your journey this evening. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to. I know that um, a big part of this podcast is talking about faith. And I'm so happy because faith is such a big aspect of my life. And I view it as not just, you know, a religion or we go to church, but your faith and, and um, how you practice it really it's incorporated in all aspects of your life and i'm happy to share you know mission my faith mental health whatever it is that we're going to get into this evening um i think it's going to be great yeah so yeah yeah i think it'd be fascinating just to start kind of at the beginning i know your i know your mom already knows but uh but but certainly our listeners don't so maybe <laughs> just start with the beginning of your story and you know where was the you know, um, yeah, where does your faith journey begin? You know, I mean, because the, the other thing, too, is I know that, you know, the family, of course, is the, um, you know, the, you know, the primary, um, you know, area that we call the domestic church, right? It's a primary area. We learn about faith and everything, but there's some point where you have to begin to make it your own, too. Um, and, you know, you've certainly done that. So I just kind of want to um, find out a little bit about, um you know, where, where that happened for you, Sean, because I think that'd be uh, great. Yeah. Um, and like we already mentioned, kind of going back to the beginning, I was homeschooled all the way through high school. Um, I was really taught family, family values and faith and the importance of faith when it comes to life and perseverance in general and um, the love of God with him and with others. And um, 
when I really started to take ownership of that faith, I'd say is probably in high school when I started to, I guess, take it on myself to learn more about my faith, to encounter the faith, to surround myself with people of the faith and make it my own instead of just a tradition with my family. Although, of course, it was more than that. When, when you're raised in a certain way, it, it takes until you're a little older to take ownership. So I remember going to youth group a bunch and a different conference that really taught me how to do that and how to live out my faith aside from just the family setting. Awesome. Awesome. Um, it looks like for a few moments, we lost a little bit of the audio and uh, so if you wouldn't mind reintroducing <laughs> Sean for Yeah, absolutely, uh, do it, absolutely. Do it, it looks I like we just had a little glitch out. Uh, to everyone, my wonderful daughter, uh, Sean DeSantis, who is a college student and a person of faith. And also she has her own business, which we're going to learn about a little bit later in the podcast called Your Part-Time Princess. So uh, I know that Bill said we just kind of lost a little bit of audio. So Sean, if you want to kind of reiterate a little bit of what you just said would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, Thank just you. about the faith or just introducing me in general? Yeah, just in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm Anne's daughter, and I was saying before this came on that it's funny doing a podcast with your mom because, of course, she knows everything I'm about to say. But I was just talking about my faith and um, growing up in a homeschooling environment and going to church and being taught the faith and living it out and then taking ownership of it more so uh, in my teens, like in high school, going to youth group and surrounding myself with people who also, who also, also, oh my goodness, thought the same way. And um, it was really great because in your faith, when you're at home and it's something your family teaches, you go along with it, but then you can learn um, to really take ownership of it when you get older. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you definitely took ownership of it and I'm so proud of you. And I know we're on a podcast, so we won't get super personal between the two of us here, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm as a mother, just very proud of, of how you've taken ownership of your faith and part of sowing hope. I mean, our mission here at, at sowing hope podcast is sowing hope into broken hearts. And I know that you understand that greatly. And um, anything else that you want to share about uh, just your your faith and your mission would be so appreciated. I know you have a lot more to share. Yeah, of course. Um, I really like that you say the, the sowing hope into broken hearts, because how much of that do we see in our society? People are broken. People are going through a rough time, whether that be because of situations or their own issues or, or mental health problems. And I know what that's like, especially dealing with anxiety. Um, it can get hard sometimes, but I've learned through my faith, faith and perseverance. So my faith teaches me perseverance. I turn to God to give me perseverance to go on, even when I face anxious times. Um, and sometimes it can be a, a daily battle in your mind. It, it can be mentally, um, when you're dealing with anxiety, it can be difficult, but if you turn to God, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole nother story. It's, it's like giving him all of your problems and your worries. Yeah, that's truly amazing. And I know that at your age too, you are a college student and I'll tell our listeners that Sean is 
21 years old and a junior in college. And she has really matured so much, even since high school, I would say. Not to say that you weren't mature before, because you <laughs> certainly were. But I think that you have learned so much because she was homeschooled, as she mentioned at the very beginning of the program, from uh, pre-K all the way through 12th grade. So going to college was, you know, a little bit of a, a, a challenge and a little bit of a, a change, right? So maybe you can yes. speak a little bit about that um, for us, if you would. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mentioned, high school was a time where I um, started learning more about the faith. And the funny thing is, when you get into your faith and you're not really challenged in it, um, it's different than when you get a little older and you face challenges or you face times where you really have to rely on your faith. So you may have found this faith and really dealt, you have delved deep into it, but then only when you face the trialing times can you really uh, learn to rely on it. And college was, college is, I'm still in college, I'm a senior this year, but um, in the beginning it got a little bit difficult in some ways just because of my anxiety and um I had originally gone to a school that was not fit for, for me and I wasn't happy in the major. So that was a trialing time. And I just remember kind of uh, God leading me to a better situation, leading me to a better place. Mm. And um, through those hard times, I can look back and take what the experience, take the experiences for what they were, realize that I grew, grew in perseverance, grew in strength, grew, grew in my character. And I've also, although there were trialing times that first that first semester, um, I know that I made memories and I gained perseverance. Yeah, you know, so much of faith is perseverance. Um, you know, and and uh, it, it's good to hear you say that. You know, um, when you when you talk about the experience of of having uh, challenges arise for you, uh, that's you know. I think our society is very adversity adverse, right? We do not like to face adversity in our lives. It's just, especially young people, they, they run from it. They run the other direction from it. But when, when you're somebody who has encountered that, um, that adversity in your life at an early age, or, uh, you know, you begin to, you, you, begin, you, you then have to, ch- your, your faith is unchallenged uh, in those moments, right? To, to, through that, uh, to persevere, to um, grow deeper in your faith and, and, and push more into your faith versus in running away from it. And so I'm wondering if you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you did face, you know, in your, in your faith life that pushed you closer, because obviously that's what happened. I mean, you know, just the way you're talking, it, it's pushed you closer to faith, you know, not necessarily away from it. You know, we all run to, you know, escape pain in today's society and escape adversity, escape hardship. But um, that's not that's not really Christian, is it? <laughs> it's not really Christian. Uh, you know, it's all Amen. about embracing the cross. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of those experiences for you. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting you mentioned how people like to kind of turn away from adversary and what, what kind of a society we do live in a society like that where people feel uncomfortable by pain or difficult situations. And um, it's sad because we know in the faith like that that's something that does build our character. But looking back, um, I always, when I think about this, I think of a couple specific time periods where my faith was really challenged. And um, I remember a very long time ago when I first 
was diagnosed with anxiety. I have OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, so a lot of it is just a mental battle with a lot of anxiety. Um, and I remember that specific time at a very young age was when my faith was really challenged because when you're so young and going through a lot of anxiety, um, it's challenging because you're not really sure why or what's happening. So it teaches you that there is a God, even if you're nine or 10 years old, I believe that there was a God and there was a reason for this. And he has pulled me out of that time and taught me so much through my struggles. And um, of course, when you have an anxiety disorder, all throughout your life, there are going to be trialing times. And like I mentioned, there was that first semester at college, which was another trialing time. Um, and whenever that kind of thing comes up, I just have to rely on God. I know that there are people he put in my life to help me get through it. And although people, I think we live kind of in a culture where when people go through mental health problems, they turn to a lot of different things. And of course, there are so many different coping mechanisms and different therapies out there. But I think the number one thing is to turn to God because um, none of those things are going to be useful to you unless you know the true source of joy and your mission. All those other things are going to be temporary. Yes, um, exactly. You're exactly right. Um, you know, and and so you know what then? What what are some of the tips then you give uh, young people um, to embrace that? You know, what what are some of the ways that you help them? Um, you know, because I because I know you're a good peer leader and you help even younger kids too uh, with your business. But how do you inspire um, your peers and, and 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 all people to kind of move deeper into your faith versus running the opposite direction? What are some of those things that you have done to, to do that? It's funny because I and even more so recently, I've kind of lived under the principle of being an example in the way I conduct my life because. I think that's the best way to get through to people. If people see something that you have, whether that be faith or perseverance or just joy that comes from God, that's a lot more attractive than someone throwing a Bible in their face. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people, people want, want to, to see the fat, the effects people want to see what it is that you have in a genuine way. And, um, I just think it's so important for people like me or anyone to share their story because um, it's a reason to turn to God and it's a reason to have more perseverance. Amen. And I'm so proud of you. And I know we're not making this kind of a mom-daughter cheerleader session here. Are we though? <laughs> I'm very proud of you and it means so much. Thank you. Um, and, and just you're so articulate and have done so well. And I also want to encourage moms out there, if, if you're a mom who's homeschooling, because some of us have been forced into, right? Some of the moms out there have been forced into homeschooling, even though they weren't necessarily signed up for it. Uh, but we were signed up for it. I mean, we did it for a long, long time. And, um, and many people said to me over the years, you know, why did you do it? Or uh, how did you do it? And I would say that God was the one that led the way and it was absolutely successful. Every step of the way was successful. Uh, now, not to say that we didn't have some bumps in the road. 
Um, but you know, the, both of you and your sister, Sean, I mean, I know Bill, I've told you this before too, but have done so well with college. And, uh, so homeschooling was a real big success and we're, uh, proud of that. And also proud of you, Sean, because, uh, how wonderful it is to see you flourish right now in your life. Thank you. Yeah, I think I can attribute a lot to homeschooling. I, the number one thing I attribute to homeschooling is just how much I like being home, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I agree. I agree. Other than that, um, I think it really taught me. I attribute wanting to be an entrepreneur and wanting to put work in myself to homeschooling because so much of homeschooling, as much as my mom would help me and direct me with what to do, but it, that's what it is. It's homeschooling. It's working on your own. It teaches you something greater than just having a book thrown in front of you and being um, in a class classroom, which of course has its time and space. And um, there are some amazing schools out there, but for me, learning how to learn on my own was probably one of the best one of the best uh, things for me. Yes, you've done amazing, amazing. So tell us about if you could, um, because we're talking about your life, right? Is, is your college experience, you've gotten so much from that college experience so far and invo involved in the, the choir there at, at school yeah. called Voices of Gwynedd. She goes to Gwynedd Mercy University. If you're from the greater Philadelphia area, it's a a local university where I'm actually a graduate as well. And uh, so proud to have gone there and my husband too. Uh, so maybe you could talk about that experience if you would. Yeah. So I guess we're, we're going to bring up the name. I go to Glenwood Mercy University and it's a great school. One of the things I love most about it is our choir on campus, the voices of Glenwood, as my mom just said, it's a great community and, um, like I mentioned earlier, theater is a big passion of mine, so is uh, singing. So when I came to the school, although I changed my major, I wanted to still be in a musical um, community. And I found about the Voices of Gwinnett, and it has been amazing. It has been a great source of friendship and community and a big passion of mine. I'm able to sing again, which has been amazing. And... Um, I'm a firm believer that God leads you to where you're supposed to be in life. So while I did spend that one semester at another school, I know that where I am now is where I'm supposed to be. And the amazing experiences I've had at my new school um, foreshadow, not foreshadow, but really um, it, it takes away any kind of struggle that I had in the beginning because um it has been great and it makes it all worth it because uh, God leads you to where you're supposed to be. So it, it was a great experience, that journey, even though there were some bumps on the road, like my mom was saying. That's right. And um, it's amazing to see. And I will also say that before this pandemic, the voices of Gwynedd, it's a wonderful choir. And I want to make a shout out to Carol <laughs> Evans, who may be, at some point listening, Carol is the mm -hmm. choir director, is that since I am actually an alumni, I joined the choir. And how awesome was it that I got to go every week for choir practice with my own daughter and be able to be uh, part of that choir. But because of the pandemic, we kind of had to stop for a while. 
but we know God yes. has a plan and, and mm-hmm. we may be back soon and we pray that we are and how creative that it was uh, able to be done that even through Zoom calls, they were able to do some practicing and things like that. So that was honestly totally that was a miracle. <laughs> wonderful and a very much a miracle. Yeah. It takes so, a creative mind to figure out how to do things that you, you have to do in person, how you can do them virtually. And I think that singing is one of those difficult things, but we were able to figure it out. That's right. That's right. Now, I know, Sean, that you wanted to address again, uh, before we move on to the next topic, uh, your experience with uh, having, uh, dealing with anxiety and things like that. I wondered if you had any words of advice to some young people who may be listening, who are going through some tough times with some anxiety or possibly even uh, disorders that you can speak to. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, and you know, what a, what a great question that is. Although the funny thing about that question is it's so different for anyone. People deal with so many different types of anxiety. People deal with so many different types of depression, but what I can do is speak for myself. So with what I deal with, it's all mental and it can be just kind of something I deal with throughout the day. I just have these um, anxieties that come into my brain. They come out of nowhere. And it's a matter of learning the tools that I've learned in therapy and through supports to work through this and to minimize, I call it like the fuzz in your brain that just that comes and you have to deal with it. You have to turn to God and turn to everything that you've learned. But um, I think one of the big things is having the awareness first. Because once you're aware that these are your thoughts, these are your anxieties, these are probably not facts, or if they are, we can work through them. It's going to be okay. That's when you're on a better track. And also, um, anyone who has any kind of, I, I don't know, maybe social anxiety or anxiety when it comes to other people, since, you know, we're human beings, we interact with other people, that can be a big source of our anxiety. We have to remember to take other people's opinions with a grain of salt, because how often can we get anxious about what we think other people think of us or how we think people are judging us? Or even if someone were to say something unkind, how how much can we spend so much time being anxious over those things? But that's when we turn to our faith and realize, hey, the only person whose opinion is worth it is God and these other people. We can't stress about them because their, their opinions don't matter. And the right people in your life will support you. The right people in your life will not, will, will be respectful of you and they'll understand your anxiety. And I think, I think relying on the people in your life, relying on God and working through those thought patterns are some of the best things you can do if you deal with any kind of anxiety. That's excellent advice. And um, as your mother, I will say you've done so well with it. And I'm very proud of you. And I can't say that enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, being your mom, I mean, uh, I I know that you have done so well with uh, trying very hard with it and uh, commend you for uh, your perseverance. And thank you for giving that advice to people. Did you have any other words that you wanted to say on that topic? Um. I think it's just remembering 
that if you have anxiety, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be a battle you're going to deal with every day. But like we said, it builds perseverance, it builds strength. And with that being said, I think one of the best things that you can do is channel that energy you have in, in your brain into something creative or something that you want to do, which is a big reason why I started um, the infamous Your Part-Time Princess, because I wanted to do something with um, all of that. I wanted to put all that anxiety to work. If I'm going to stress about something, it might be might as well be something that I'm passionate about. Am I right? Um, so I think taking uh, the, the theater aspect, taking the... Um, I'm a people person. So taking that and taking the creativity aspect and channeling all of that to make the business was one of the best decisions because how much just that alone has helped my anxiety. I, I always tell people this, and I think it's on my website too. So it's not news, but um, how much whenever I go to a party, it's just amazing to see a little kid run up to you and hug you. And they, they think you're a princess, which is amazing. And they, oh, wow. So I am, well, I don't blame them. I mean, I'm dressed up like a princess, but for them to say, oh my gosh, you're my favorite princess or something like that. It's such a confidence boost. It just, it takes away all of your anxieties. So I just think channeling any of your anxiety into something creative or something that can help other people is another thing that is great for you, for anyone who struggles to do. Yeah. You know, that's this, this idea, um, your your part-time princess and your this this business is uh such a very unique um idea i think i mean i i'm sure that there's other services out there but but not with the same person behind it not with the same heart behind it and um what i what i was inspired by was you know i was watching one of your tiktoks uh first of all it's unbelievable oh how gosh. you go from how how you go from um sean right to you know uh cinderella like you know with the wave of a hand and a few sparkles um i don't think i could create a tiktok that looked like that but uh it was yeah. it was very awesome um but other than that though i, I agree I, you know i think that um your your uh the reasoning for you doing this and, you know, wanting to inspire, um, you know, young, young women, I think is just, is just awesome. Um, and, and, and I, I, I kind of want to, you know, find out a little bit more behind it. You know, just even some of the stories you kind of started talking about them, you know, the, you know, the people running up to you saying, Oh my gosh, you know, you're my favorite princess and stuff like that. But what, what is, um, and by the way, I've never said that on the air either ever before, um, <laughs> but, um, but no, tell me, um, what the what the impetus behind like like the whole thing is and like you know some of the joy moments you know some of those moments of joy that are there for you um that that help uplift your faith and those who are around you that's a great question and i get so many questions like this where people sometimes people ask me funny things like what's the funniest thing a little kid ever said to you or or what what what's what's the greatest experience and when it comes down to it, there's one, there's one memory. It was actually probably about a year ago that I think of, and it, it really, it really is so much better than all the, the funniness or the silliness. Cause these kids can be really ridiculous sometimes, but this story is something that really touched my heart. And it's something I've has been on my heart for quite a long time now, but 
I was attending this one party late summer about a year ago. And um, before I went, um, the mom had mentioned to me, um, hey, my daughter, she has autism. Uh, sometimes she, she, she might get a little bit overwhelmed. Um, she's so excited to see you. I'm not totally sure how she's going to react, but I think it'll be great. I just wanted to give you a heads up in case she gets overwhelmed. So I emailed her back. Oh, of course, like whatever makes her comfortable, let me know whatever I can do. And, um, I went and it was an amazing party. She was, she was awesome. She really, you could tell she, she loved that I was there. She had such a great birthday party. And, um, as I left, really didn't get anything of it. I just thought that, you know, what another great, wonderful birthday party. And then when I got home, I received an email saying, oh my goodness, Sean, all the parents were amazed by you. But most importantly, my daughter, I'd never seen her so happy, so engaged, so outgoing, so so um, just in awe of what was happening at that present moment. And she like concluded the email by saying, you're, you're wonderful at what you do. Um, we can't thank you enough. And it was just out of all the parties that I've done, I always get a thank you. I always get it. You are wonderful. But, but to know that I impacted someone who, who has a struggle, who, who, who understands and a little girl, I felt like, I felt like I did something really amazing. And it was just so simple just by being her favorite princess. And um, I don't know, that's just a story that I think I'll always remember. I think even years from now, if I'm still a princess in 10 years, I think that'll always still be my favorite memory. I'll remember that one too. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, as your mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a, there's a grace um, there in that, you know, there's certain graces that we get. And uh, what's, what's amazing about, you know, that, that story is too, that, you know, um, the, the, your, your presence, you know, uh, the, the gift of presence is something that I think we all take for granted um, in our in our world. Uh, you know, we we are present on you know social media. We are present um, on virtually sometimes at a Zoom meeting for work or you know whatever. But we we struggle at times with the gift of our presence. You know, being fully invested in somebody, being fully invested in the the mission um, of of just being with somebody, and it's and it's not about saying the right thing. It's not about doing the doing the right thing, uh, or, or or doing any number of things correctly. I should say it's always about doing the right thing, but um, it's there's there's something about the gift of presence, especially in the story where it's just, okay. You know, I am just present, and that and that is enough. And the Holy Spirit can work through the gift of presence. And so, um, you know, that is such a beautiful story. And I, and I really encourage each and every person out there, you know, you don't have to worry about doing, you know, I mean, that I, we hear it all the time. So sometimes, you know, we're not human doings, we're human beings and um, be a human being. And so, of course, you know, you also get the royalty of being a princess and all of those cool things <laughs> for, you know, for young girls, but, but never underestimate the presence of, of, um, of 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 what you are uh, portraying, you know that that royalty, that purity, all of those things that you bring into that role, um, you know, of being a, you know, 
princess for however you know long you are being a princess for a, you know a party a birthday party or whatever um, yeah just just that's so beautiful I mean, I, and, I, and I wanted to draw attention to that because I think uh, we as young, especially young people and really all people as we you know throw ourselves into our iPhones we throw ourselves into our work uh, you know it, it's just about being present and sitting there and enjoying dinner or a baseball game or whatever you're enjoying uh, with your with your spouse your children um, or, or, or whatever it is, just throw, throw yourself into present. So, so thank you for doing that. And thanks for that example. Cause I think it's a great one. Yeah, she's just done so well. And I have to tell our viewers too, especially those who live in the greater Philadelphia area, which is where we are from. And if you would like to, uh, contact Sean for her business is that she's very personalized in the way that she interacts with her clients, as she just said, um, also, she has uh, so many of the different princesses available for those birthday parties. And the neat thing is she's made a lot of those costumes, too, which I think is just totally uh, wonderful and fantastic that you have done that. Tell us a little bit about that, because you've done such a great job with creating some of those costumes. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, half of, I guess, the motivation is just channeling that anxiety energy into something creative. Um, but yeah, I, so I have never made anything from scratch, but there have been times where I upcycled either an old bridesmaid's dress or a dress that looked like a certain princess and kind of revamped it. And for the most part, it has worked out really well. I was kind of surprised at what I could do considering I can't sew very well, but, um, I got it. I figured it out and, um, I made some really great costumes that I am proud of. And, um, I don't know, I guess it's just a way of, of making it more personalized. Something that I talk to people about, uh, the kind of brand that I want to show for my princess business, because there are so many princess businesses out there that have so many different, uh, I don't know, people, so many different people being different princesses. There's um, managers, there's there's all these different, in these princess empires, there's so many different people working. But what I like to say is, hey, what you what you see is what you get. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm every princess. I, I ran the behind the scenes and the, and actually being the princess and, you know, even some of the costumes. So I might not be these huge, I might not be like these huge franchise, but I think that, I like to show people the authenticity of just the, the authenticity of just, you know, you get what you see your part-time princess princess parties by Sean DeSantis. So it is totally amazing. And I want to invite our listeners to go to your parttimeprincess.com. I think I have the website correct there. That's correct. She's also on a lot of the social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. So you want to look for your part-time princess. Her name again is Sean DeSantis. She is a 21-year-old college student and my daughter that I'm very proud of. Um, so I would just invite people to like those pages and subscribe. And if you live in the greater Philadelphia area, please do get in touch with Sean uh, about a party. So tell us a little bit more about that and how they can, um, you know, what do you do during those parties so that they, if they have a, a child that they like to do a party for, maybe you can explain that a little bit. Yeah, of course. I have a couple different things that I offer. And also there's a bit of a change as far as, you know, we're in the, the green phase now in our area. Um, so what I'm doing with that 
handling things um, in a safe way is I'm doing um, all outside parties, minimum of 25 people, um, and we will be practicing social distancing in the party. But that doesn't mean that we can't have fun. That doesn't mean we can't take photos. And, um, you know, there's still going to be a princess there. Uh, but basically what I do is I offer a couple different prices and packages where I offer a 30-minute party. So you get to see a princess for 30 minutes. So we'll do some singing, some dancing, um, photos, games, story times, anything anything uh, along the lines of that. And then the basic package that a lot of people get is the one hour. And that's everything, but we'll also be doing face painting. Or in this instance, we'll be doing some tattoos since that's a little safer. Um, and then for longer parties, I can do a two-hour party. And then, of course, I also do other events like meet and greets and um, some other kind of creative things. During the peak of the pandemic, I was doing a lot of princess Zoom calls, princess FaceTime calls, princess videos. Because, you know, people, little, little kids still deserve to have a good birthday. They still deserve to see a princess, even if they can't see her in person. So I was happy to do those. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I'm sure that was a neat, uh, a, a neat thing to do is do a Zoom call. <laughs> with, uh, it really with, was with, with very creative that's, too. That's got to be so. That's got to be so fun. Yes. Now Hilarious. we're about 15 minutes out from the end of the show, and usually on this show we talk life, faith, and mission. So we're up to that point where we'd love to, you to share a little bit about your faith. And uh, you are a, a woman of faith. And I know that you have stuck with your faith even through college. Maybe you can share on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's rare to stick with your faith through college. And, um, you know, there are those people out there that do. They do stick with their faith. They do follow what they believe in. But then sometimes it seems like so many people just don't, they don't care. They don't care about, um, they don't care about a greater purpose than just what's going on here and now. But, um, you know, all we can do is pray for people with that kind of mindset. That's right. Uh, yeah. I think my faith in college has just really consisted of surrounding myself with the right people staying true to myself no matter what, no matter what I believe people see me as, no matter what I believe people think of me. God calls us to be true to ourselves. God calls us to be authentic and God calls us to not go with the flow, to be different and not care about the opinions of others, which is such a thing that we see in all ages. You know, people always say young people, this young people, that, but all ages, everyone, there's always a little bit of, you know, negative uh, thinking negative about people or judging people, no matter what age you are. And we, That's see, right. we see it in college. We see, we see it um, at any age. And it's difficult in a world like that to stay true to yourself. But that's what we're called to as Christians and even non-believers, because we were all created with purpose. We were all created to be ourselves, no one else. That's right. And I also commend you that you have stayed very active with some of the young adult uh, Catholic groups. Can you explain, uh, especially for those who live in the greater Philadelphia area, and they want to get involved? Maybe somebody's listening who says, you know what, I know nothing about some of these groups. What advice can you give them? 
Yeah, a lot of it was just connections through my youth group. And um, I love helping out with my youth group, not only because it's nostalgic for me, but because I can help these kids who know exactly, who when I know exactly what it's like to be in their shoes in high school. And I would just recommend anyone who wants to either help people or dive deeper into their faith as a young younger person to just do your research. There are so many different groups and things you can do in your area, whether that be you're helping out at a youth group, whether that be you're going to a young adults meeting, there are so many different opportunities. They, they are out there, you know, it's not, we don't live in a world where nobody follows the faith. People still, people still, might not be as many, but people still find value in faith and people are willing to reach out to people who think similarly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, I, I like how you also, um, you know, are staying active and, and calling young people to action. Uh, I think it's uh, incredibly important during this, during this time of COVID to be active in your faith, right? Um, and, and, and reach out. And, um, you know, and especially right now, too, I think the world, we're kind of seeing the world um, under a different lens in, in COVID. And it would just be interesting to kind of get... Um, your perspective, Sean, on some of the things that are going on um, in in this COVID environment, you know, from from what, what are you seeing where the where with young people, where faith and um, and and life with COVID kind of intersect, and uh, I I know we're approaching to um, a a time when we have to speak out as Catholics, um, you know. It, coming up in November when we have to speak out as Catholics and, and talk about uh, our faith in the public square and, and what that means. And so I just want to kind of get your perspective on all of that um, during as we approach that this time of this time. Of, well, uh, you know, to backtrack about your question about this time period with COVID, I see it two different ways. I see it as an opportunity to stick up for uh, what we believe in since and then I see it in another way because the world has never been so diverse in opinions in um, what people stand for and uh, what what even people view as wrong and right anymore in so many in so many respects. And I think now more than ever is the most important time to go back to our values and to evaluate what we really think is right and what we really think is wrong. We can't just listen to society with everything because society society is so much so often and and so much just not right with different things. We have to go back to core values. We have to really think. I think people have just they'll be presented with news or they'll be presented with media and they won't think. They won't think, is this right or is this wrong? They'll just go with it because that's how the media presents it. And I think we need to go back to just basic like preschool, like what is wrong and right. And we need to decide that before we follow the media when it is in selecting our views. We have to to go back. We can't just listen to society. We have to go back to Mm. the morals and what we think is wrong and right. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. You said it perfectly. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, what is what is the importance of um, you know? I mean, I, I we don't want to get you know too you know 
uh, political, but what, but what is the importance <laughs> of, of, you know, standing up, you know, like a lot of people think, you know, a lot of young people think, oh, well, you know, my voice, you know, because it's so diverse out there, it doesn't matter, you know, um, because it's so diverse, because it's so, um, you know, uh, everybody's got their own opinion. Um, but, but what is, what does it mean, you know, to, to kind of come together as young people and stand up for these values that they believe in it, you know, as, as November rolls around, um, toward, toward the election time, like what, what does that, what does that mean for young people? What does that mean to you? I think that speaking up for what you believe in is one of the best things you can do because it encourages other people who have that same belief but might be too scared to share it or they might not want to share it because they don't think anyone else thinks the same thing. Mm. It's also, like I talked about so much, it's also a way to stay true to yourself because you know, in a polite way, I'm not saying you go screaming in someone's face what your opinions are, but to be able to speak up for yourself when, when, when you feel like it's necessary, speak up for yourself because that's being true to yourself. And that's what God calls us to do. God doesn't call us to be silent when everyone else is agreeing on something that is wrong. God doesn't call us to kind of shrink and nod our head and laugh at something that's not really funny. He calls us to be brave. He calls us to believe in ourselves in a way that he has given us confidence to share what's right and to live by that. Amen. Amen. And that's so true. I like what you said that sometimes you almost have to go back to when you were a little kid and say, is something right or is it wrong? And I think in society, sometimes we lose that whole aspect of what we know is truly wrong. And I want to just commend you because being your mom, <laughs> um, it, I'm very proud of the fact that you have been able to clearly see that at your age at 21, uh, the difference between what is truly something good and what isn't good. So um, thanks for sharing on that. Are there any particular issues, as Bill said, although we're not going to get real political here, uh, what issues for young voters? I know that you have friends. It's going to be the first time that they're voting. I think this is your first time to vote in a presidential election, I think, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like you said, I'm 21. Most people can vote when they're 18. And I remember uh, last election, I was 17. <laughs> I was bummed because I was a year <laughs> off. But um, yeah, I'm excited because I can vote for the first time. This year, I'm definitely going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that you have to pick the person that you think is respectful of all human life and pick the person that you believe has not just ethics, but morals, because we learn so much about how those two things are different. Well, they're both important. <laughs> and we Amen. have to evaluate that in that respect and choose accordingly to that. And if we're unsure, it's not, it's not going to be a decision, an off the whim decision. It has to be something you think about. It has to be something you do your research on because if you're not set, then, then you might make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good thinking. Yeah, that's great. That's a great, that, that, that's some really good advice, um, you know, for, for young people just to take a, take a look at it and examine um, you know, those, those areas, um, you know, ethics, morals, human life, uh, the, the, and the dignity of all people. 
Um, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot of buzzwords in our society about the dignity of all people these days. Uh, a lot of hashtags float around the Internet upon dignity of all people or a certain group of people at times. And so um, really slow yourself down and really think about and pray about uh, who is the best person in that, in that regard. And I think, you know, uh, encouraging young people to use uh, their, their voice and their vote um, is is such an important thing. So so I so I thank you for sharing that because you know I I, I think I was telling your mom earlier today. I said you know I think it's we have to almost say nothing <laughs> because we're older. You know and that's uh, right. <laughs> we're, we're almost older and so people hearing it from you, Sean. Um, you know in, in your age bracket um, that that this is important um, is is it lends itself to um, lends itself gives it gives itself a lot of weight. I should say. Uh, so, so thank you for uh, you know sharing that and 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 just speaking that it's important to 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 vote as a Catholic young adult. It's very important. So thank you. Yes, of course. Yeah, I agree. And um, I know earlier we were talking about Sean, you and I, uh, with our voting decisions too. It's important to think about our country remaining a free country. I don't know if you want to speak a little bit about that and how important it is to think about those decisions when you'd vote for someone. Yeah, I definitely think that's important when it comes to voting. Like I said, it just goes back to, if you're unsure to evaluating those core beliefs, those core values and going from there, going from there. Awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. John, Any other is, closing thoughts that you have about just uh, faith or anything else? Because, you know, we're headed about five minutes out till the end. And um, you've been a wonderful, wonderful guest. And I really mean that. You know that I say what I mean. So uh, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much. I had such, it was so good to talk about some of the things that are important to me with faith and the business and mission. I think that God uses all of these things in our lives and incorporates them. And so much have I seen patterns in my life with, um, like I said, using that anxiety energy to start something good and relying on my faith. It's all, everything is connected. And I just encourage everyone listening or anyone who also has a passion or, or had um, an, an anxiety disorder is connected to their, to recognize those um, patterns in their lives about how things are connected because Things are connected in that way. God uses circumstances. He uses people. He uses mindsets. He uses our passions and interests. He uses everything for the for the greater good, and He sets a mission for us. And I and I'm so blessed to have at a young age to have been able to see that mission. I'd love to help people in the future who also struggle with anxiety. I'd love to continue the princess business. Um, and start an empire. <laughs> That's what I tell everyone. Only select people will get that. So, um, yeah, and um, really grow in my faith and to help people. I think showing mercy to other people, which is another big theme from my school, it's showing mercy to people. That's that's a huge one. And I, I just challenge everyone to see those kinds of patterns that God uses in their lives. So beautiful. I'm so proud of you. I can't say it enough. And um, it's probably rare that a mother gets to interview her daughter on a podcast. So uh, I will just end by saying what a joy, what a joy you are. And thank you for being 
uh, a wonderful person in my own life, my daughter, my treasure. <laughs> so I thank you. And your sister's my treasure too. You know that. <laughs> I know she's listening. So hi, Elaine. <laughs> your treasure. Hi, Elaine. Yep. <laughs> and hi, dad. So you are amazing. And I just continue uh, to praise you for all the good that you're doing in your life and touching so many lives. Bill, thank you for also inviting her uh, oh, yeah. with me to be a guest on this podcast. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I hope it's not the only time you're on with us, Sean. I hope you're on many more times. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I, I uh, am so uh, you know, thankful to you as well for all the uh, behind-the-scenes work you've been doing to help us with uh, Patrick Hart Ministries, Sewing Hope. Uh, you know, you've been you've been awesome um, in, in helping us uh, work behind the scenes uh, to 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 make this podcast what it is because it wouldn't be uh, the same without your work without your work. So thank you so much for uh, you know doing this and and the person that you are is just awesome. So I really appreciate all that you are thank doing you. to help us. Can't agree more. Thank you again. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Well, yeah, it has been awesome. Absolutely. Well, folks, um, it, it's always amazing how fast the hour flies. But um, and for all of us here at the Sewing Hope Podcast, for Sean DeSantis and Ann DeSantis, I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember to keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.